In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Talia Schlanger, sitting in for Tom Power here on Q. And uh, as we wrap up 2023, we're revisiting some of the conversations we enjoyed having this past year. This next one is a chat I felt lucky to have uh, with the musician Shane Ghostkeeper, whose debut album, Songs for My People, came out this year. Yes, I'm asking you, our girl, to the country dance, gonna make you twirl. What's that, honey? Well, yes, I That's Shane Ghostkeeper with a bit of music off his new record. I should say it's his debut album as a solo artist, although he's been making music with his band, Ghostkeeper, for some time. Uh, Shane is a singer-songwriter from Calgary, Alberta, and he's talked about this record being, quote, a gift to his people, an exploration of the country and Western, and roots records that surrounded him since childhood. Shane Ghostkeeper joined me to talk about it and set up one of the new songs for us. Here's our conversation. Hi, Shane. Welcome to Q. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being here. And congratulations, your band Ghostkeeper, Ghostkeeper got a Polaris Music Prize nomination this year for your album Multidimensional Culture. That's a big deal. Yeah, right. That's cool. It's yeah. nice to be back on the, the Polaris radar. <laughs> it's great. And now you've got something completely different, to my ear anyway, leaning, leaning very country. So what made you want to go this route with your new album? <laughs> well, um, like you mentioned in the, in the intro, I was heavily steeped in country music since, since since my birth especially with my grandparents um i i, I was the f- my grandpa's firstborn grandson and so he really spent a lot of time with me took me under his wing showed me how to work showed me how to build fences and dig post holes and take care of livestock and i was so grateful for that having that um experience and um all that time was spent being surrounded by Hank Williams Sr., Johnny Horton, and then with my parents, my dad was Conway Twitty, my mom was Tanya Tucker. Hmm. And um, so, but once I got into my teen years, I started getting into these ideals of punk and more avant um, approaches to pop songwriting and arrangement and just how wide open it can really be and how deep I can explore my own personal soul rather than getting into a genre you know as an artist Mm. um so in that regard I did also by that that later I started picking up my guitar around 16 and by that time I was playing country cover songs for my family my grandparents and my aunties and uncles like Hank Hank Sr. so they've been expecting all this time and waiting for me to put out my own country record because that's what they loved for me to play at the campfires and at the weddings and the you know all the family get-togethers and so this record's been a long time coming that's why it's my gift for for my people up north 
Interesting. That is that that the, the my people reference is that to to your family or to your community or all of the above? All of the above. Yeah. Um I was raised by a, a pretty large community. I was based in high level. I'm a townie as as they say in Paddle Prairie Métis settlement where my dad grew up. And then my mom grew up in a farming community uh called Rocky Lane. So that whole encompassing community is is my is my people all the way to Fort Vermilion. You made this record for your people, for your family. I hope that they liked it. Like, how have they been reacting to the to the album? <laughs> They're loving it. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's like finally it's making some normal music. <laughs> Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decoder Ring, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one. Well, I think it's interesting that you had to sort of go, go away, get really experimental and then find your way back. And I'm kind of curious, like aside from the aside from the nostalgic value of having grown up with with country and having these beautiful memories of of your your grandfather in particular like what is it about country music traditional country music that that speaks to you on an artistic level um well it, it's in particular the the old classic country that mm-hmm. really you know has a um is in my bones now because it you know it touched me in 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 ways that are attached to my childhood memories you know so I guess that's what's, what's called nostalgia, and and it'll forever have a, a place in um, marking my um, glorification and romanticizing my people from up north and my community and and, and our, our culture and how I was raised. There are so many beautiful tracks from the album, and you're going to introduce us to hun- Hunger Strike. I understand that that's the first first country song that you ever wrote. That's right. Yeah. Wow. It is for my grandpa and my grandma, and it's documenting the passing of my grandpa well, and, and my grandma, who passed away first um, a few years before my grandpa. They were both um, in their 90s. Yeah, they, were, they lived a long, a long life um, of hard work and family dedication. And uh, once my grandma passed, my grandpa was extremely heartbroken. Um, and self-admittedly turned grouchy <laughs> and, uh, and and miserable. And then, you know, just, and also the old age too, where, of, you know, now we can't drive around anywhere and walk around and work at the farm, chop wood, haul wood, all those things were taken away from him all at once. And uh, he was just uh, hit really hard with loneliness. And then so after uh, a few years at the most, I think, he gave everyone a phone call, including me, and, and said that he had enough. He was done, you know, suffering with his loneliness um, and that he was going on a hunger strike. 
And then he, uh, he kept his word. He didn't have a drop of water or a bit of food and refused IV once he en- ended up in the hospital after, a, you know, a week of, of that on his own at home. So then they took him into the hospital, refused ID and asked for um, the blessing from his daughters and his, and his sons to make sure that the doctors did not put him on, on IV. So it was a, a mutual agreement that we all understood and respected. And his family, um, extended family, friends came from all over the countryside and had a chance to come and, you know, say goodbye and have a visit with him. And I think he lasted like a week like that in the hospital. And and luckily we made it up. And our first son was already, I I think, a year and a half or so. Sarah and I made it up. And then on a beautiful sunny afternoon, um, with me by his side holding his hand and his daughters and his sons and some other of uh, his grandkids, my sisters, uh, he took his last breath. And then at that moment, my mom revealed to me that that day was his and my grandmother's wedding anniversary. <laughs> so and I was floored. It, it just it floored me. Yeah, that level of... That level of romance and love was uh, awe-inspiring. And I always knew that eventually I would um, uh, find a way to, to tell that story and to honor it in a, in a musical fashion that uh, he and my grandma, I think, would enjoy. Oh, I'm floored by, I'm floored by that story. I mean, <laughs> and, and when you say to take that story and to, to tell, turn it into something that he and your grandma could enjoy, I mean, the story itself sounds like it could have turned into a, a, a sad song or a, a melancholy song. And yet what we're about to hear is so joyful and maybe even celebratory. So why did you decide to, to tell that story through this kind of musical lens? Um, well, first of all, to me, that type of spiritual feat is worth celebrating. And it's something I'll always be so extremely proud of from my grandpa. And especially because he lived such a long life of being a special person to everyone in the family. He, like I was saying, just because I was his firstborn grandson that I felt the guy had the most special mm-hmm. <laughs> really with him but but no this this is how everyone describes him they everyone had a special relationship with him he made everyone feel feel special and then that was just uh you know the icing on the cake for for a way to um you know pass on to uh to whatever may happen next and um and it was all about um love and dedication and romance so that's something to celebrate in my mind it wasn't sad at all. I mean, other than once everyone got over, you know, grieving and and uh, and missing him so much, and then it was appropriate now to to celebrate. That's just gorgeous. Um, and congratulations on on celebrating your grandparents in this way. Would you mind introducing the song for us? This is Hunger Strike, um, the first country song I ever wrote uh, about my grandpa and grandma, and I hope you enjoy it. I watched you walk away from this earth Now I watch the clock and it hurts Yeah, it ticked, but Well, it don't talk 
known the way you do Soothe my soul now mm-hmm. Yes, I, I know Yes, I Ghostkeeper's debut solo country album, Songs for My People. That's a song called Hunger Strike. And that is why I love hearing artists tell the stories behind their songs. Just that love story between his grandfather and, and grandmother adds so much to the way that you hear that song. You can check out his whole album wherever you get your music. It's called Songs for My People. And that's it for Q today. Uh, tomorrow on the show... We lost the great Canadian songwriter, Robbie Robertson. 
in 2023, this past year. Uh, And on tomorrow's show, we will revisit Tom's conversation with Robbie from a few years ago. They talked right around the time that a documentary about his band, The Band, came out. The doc was called uh, Once We're Brothers. They talked about Robbie's big decision to leave one of the biggest bands of all time and a whole lot more. You can catch that tomorrow on Q. I'm Talia Schlanger, sitting in for Tom Power. I'll see you next time. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.